Welcome back to Happy Little Accident. And this week, in light of the fundamental rule of sharing is caring, we are talking about art lending. So let's just start with the foundation that it's a word lending. When you lend something, you're giving something with the expectation of it being returned. Fairly simple, right? Well, art lending is a big business. And in 2017, Deloitte put the industry at an estimated value of 17 to $20 billion in the U.S. So that number actually increased from 2016 with 13.3%. So what is the goal of art lending? Simply, the goal of art lending is to gain more credit and collateral from a work of art. And the original concept and practice developed during the rise of modern art. So when looking at our lending, especially with investment eyes, from the perspective of, let's say, managing an art collection, art lending plays a significant factor. So why are people so eager to borrow against their works nowadays? Well, due to the amount of art collectors around the world the changing demographics of the U.S. and the increasing value of private art collections, not to mention the low interest rate, art lending seems to be inevitable. Now, the basics of art lending make sense, but how do you understand which piece and in which circumstance? The concentration of collectors who participate in art lending have a high net worth, and that was actually revealed by the European Fine Art Fair report. So art lending is not just linear. Banks that cater to these clients offer an array of services, including your typical loans, estate planning, and wealth management. So art lending is not linear, but instead it is a lifestyle. So how usually do participants take place in art lending or who are the participants in art lending? Well, uh, private collections, private collectors, art market specialists, and family estates. And we know that art can be a financial motivation for collectors and their private collections. With art lending, these growing collections have the ability to contribute to capital investments and reap the rewards of long-term assets, and those assets potentially come with a high return, which is perfect for private equity, real estate, or just purchasing more art. Now, family trusts use art lending in order to manage transfers of wealth and structuring. This can include um, assessing liquidity in regards to an art sale. While banks are creating these resources for clients, there are new art financing firms that come into play when banks don't grant a source of credit. So the risk management tool in art lending is analyzing the market value. In order to determine which artist's work um, that you are going to potentially take a loan out, you are valuing liquidity and the price, which will allow for how much credit can be given for the piece and the collateral. Now, remember, you want to take into account the quantitative and qualitative values of a work within the context of what it currently is in the market. And um, life can really be about risk and reward, and that's what we're seeing in the art world. The continuing growth factors into the prices of art increasing and the potential for liquidity. Now, I mentioned art finance firms, and these lenders like Athena or financial departments of Christie's and Sotheby's specialize in the evaluation of artwork. Now, their intentions with these works is more about the value of the work versus the risk of the portfolio. But let's just jump into some terms, just a reference, and one is non-recourse loan. So in relation to art lending, a non-recourse loan would take the value of a piece of work as just collateral. So if you lend your art and whoever is borrowing it cannot make payments, then you, the lender, can take the work. But that's all. Nothing additional in regards to the borrower's assets. Now, this type of loan in the bank realm, even with art, this loan would 
obviously be the main collateral in terms of the art would be the main collateral, but the overall portfolio would be taken into account relation to risk at play and it's obviously being documented for the overall purpose of the loan. So in the United States, when a lien is filed against a work, that piece can remain in the borrower's hands since the lien allows the lender to claim when a payment is not made. And typically, um, well, I mean, the typical amount about lending for a work would be half the value of the piece. So let's say a sculpture appraised for $2 million would value at up to $1 million in the loan perspective. Now, it might be a good time to take a step back here and remember that people still want their art. They're not giving it up, but using it for profit. And when people, collectors or um, art advisors, are inquiring and buying work, they are taking into account the value, specifically the appreciation and the future data that the work could potentially possess. So obviously that makes sense and it seems pretty structurally accurate, but the hard aspect of the value is measuring the actual liquidity. The right amount of liquidity can translate to um, security of money and obviously the security of certain investment prospects. And as I mentioned earlier, the art lending industry is seductive and it goes without saying, and it goes without question, it's a great alternative than selling a piece of work. I mean, why not have your cake and eat it too? I'm especially not opposed to some extra calories. But it's also good to mention that the physical, tangible state of art allows it to be less exposed to the fluctuating volatility of the market like shorter-term investments. So how do you go about borrowing into work? Great question. I never thought you would ask, but we're getting there. So let's look at the bull market. You want to build capital or a cushion. So when the market decreases in value, investment values may now be emphasized or also may just decrease, but the glitch around it increases. This would manifest in reallocating funds or credit on a piece of work for opportunity. When art lending is happening, I obviously have alluded many times that the current market here in the United States, um, that there's a couple of reasons why it's really taking off here. And the U.S. is a great landscape for art lending because of the legal implications and the regulations that the economy has in place. But also, with that said, the market volume and the activity contribute to the foreseeable growth. So right now, we see that the volatility from the market, just going back to 2019 to today, is obviously making people more cautious. But cautious behavior will always exist in the market, so the selective nature of collectors will continue. Obviously, the uncertainty of the economy will impact this decision, but I think it's kind of interesting, at least in the art world or in general, in terms of if you look at auction houses, the trending word is what's hot. Is it hot? But it's not about what's the hottest. It's about the track record. The work that you're leveraging should have a track record that you can trust. If there's a buyer base for the work, the history, what you believe in the work, then you should stand by your decision. So why do these people need the money? Well, honestly, right now, it just seems like art lending is the just next step for collectors. And when $100 million of art is in your possession, or even just $1 million, and on a wall or even in a storage unit, it makes sense that that value that you saw on it can obviously translate to a capital investment.
So you can say that opportunity is a characteristic for more individuals and estates participating in this practice. To lend art is to have the value of art create an agreement and a contract. And that is simply what art lending takes into account. And that Comparing that to other industries in regards to getting a loan, there'd be the involvement of that long-winded process of getting a credit check, income history, and obviously more arduous items. So a good business opportunity or the chance to buy a great work equals access to capital, and it's pretty fast. Now, with this quick process, the major reasons aside from the potential of value that's accessible is also growing a collection, right? So a loan on one of these works can go as serious as an investment at a major art fair or the comfort of just bidding at an auction and knowing that you have that line of credit behind you. Now, we're all human. So taking art out of the equation, which may sound odd for me as this is an art history and just current art event podcast, but Obviously, a strong reason for art lending is that additional capital on hand. So with the current state of the economy, as I've already mentioned, and as we all know is going on, and the prospective future being, well, up in the air, the availability of cash is a priority. And with the recession and similar events potentially occurring, taking out a loan against your work in these times can result in various um positive elements. So obviously thinking about a timeline and how art lending works and the amount of cash that you're actually getting, you, a lot of times clients and estate planners and just anyone involved in this process are setting up a timeline for that available credit in a certain amount of months or years, right? So The three reasons to create a various set of assets, like I said before, would be divorce, debt, and death. But I actually like to throw in desire there, right? So with the recession, what happens with art lending if the art market declines for the worst? Well, the market is bullish and the market outlook um, is sustainable. And obviously in a bull and bear market, individuals are borrowing money for various reasons. During the ups, borrowing can contribute to business ventures, and during the downtimes, borrowing can help take control of the market due to the dismal conditions or simply to stay afloat. The practice and business model of art lending, in theory, is neutral and in the market, but the fluctuation of the economy makes this running theory difficult. Yet, with the growth of lending to the global sphere, the market neutral stance is gaining sustainability. While becoming prevalent in various countries and contributing to the economy, this industry is obviously becoming more popular to say the least. These type of loans are less volatile than other loans take at your portfolio in the stock market. Now, I spent a good amount of time talking about this lending, but what about the person who is advising on the subject? In the loan industry, the go-to person would typically be a private banker with a history in economics or mathematics, but the prevalence of this industry and the demographics are changing. And you can expect to find these loan professionals possessing several years of experience in art collection that actually have an art history or fine arts degree. Now, why the change? Well, the participants in this industry, like I said, possess high net worth values and they expect high quality service and the fundamentals of art collection management, like knowledge on appraisals, managing collections, isn't an asset, but it's actually a requirement. 
So the art of finance clientele have a vast collection that they are inquiring upon, and the ability to tap into these collections can unlock masses of assets. And obviously, I'm talking about that cash flow and credit line. So the sale of Salvatore Mundi by Leonardo da Vinci in 2017 for $450 million at Christie's Auction House speaks to the cash flow of these collectors and the potential of their collections. And these art prizes are continuously being driven by a select group of collectors. The habits that are occurring in the art world indicate the positive growth potential for the art world and obviously art lending. So many of these banks at this time actually have art advisory units. These units take specialization to the next level. There's a need for professionals with a foundation and interest in art, while also having the fundamental knowledge of the banking industry. So these professionals could be bankers with expertise in collectibles, bankers who have a personal interest in art, or art experts who have an accounting background or financial experience in the museum sector. So major banks that are taking on art lending include U.S. Trust, Citibank, City Private Bank, and J.P. Morgan. The whole goal and relationship between these collectors and the bankers are to create a strategy for the collector's end goal. These experts allow for the banks to create a stronger relationship with their clientele through insight and knowledge. Even trusts at this point are investing in the sector of specialist. And we can see this through the sponsorship of art events because of banks and even becoming more prevalent nowadays. So even here in Chicago, Northern Trust Bank, which is a sponsor of Expo Art Fair here that occurs in the fall, they've been voicing their opinion on the art market, obviously playing a role in supporting art world events. So to boil this down, these private banks understand the impact and climate of the art world on their clients and business dealings. And simply, there's a way to profit off an already established client base, especially when these art loans are easier to obtain in respect to other loans in the financial sphere. So as a collector, being privy to the tools available to them and unpacking their objective is important and a crucial step for monetary and emotional success. The importance of these art advisory units creates stability in the market that is unregulated. So portfolio diversification is important for high net worth individuals and between keeping track of volatility and gaining cash flow art lending has revealed various opportunities for a multitude of parties yet with these intense decisions comes factors of risk and careful treading the use of an alternate asset like art speaks to the deeper individual understanding of art and the value holding art as an investment the expanding field of art lending has created the need for educated professionals in the art sphere and in order to protect and utilize these assets at play. While navigating the complex market may be intimidating, your decision is key. But what makes your decision sound is metrics, data, and information. This is what all aspects of the art world are contributing to the art lending field. A combination of the public market data that is available and the private knowledge of the primary market is important. Before you go, make sure you check out my website for updates at kyramarrera.info. Check out my Instagram at Confessions of a Gallerina and my YouTube channel, Confessions of a Gallerina, and stay tuned for the next episode.